0: This is Health First Talks, where we share information to help the healthcare community meet the daily challenges of medical emergency readiness, patient safety, and compliance. I'm your host, Sean Heath. When a medical staff encounters a patient or bystander experiencing a medical emergency, where do they turn in order to provide assistance? The combination of emergency medications and devices most commonly used is known as a crash card or crash kit. But what makes up a crash cart, what a medical office needs in an emergency, varies greatly. Fortunately, our guest, Linda Goodrich, Medical Product Marketing Manager for Health First, has authored Crash Cart 101. Today, we'll learn about the uses and standards for crash carts in medical office emergency readiness. Linda, how are you today?
1: I'm great, Sean. Thanks for asking.
0: Crash carts are really only needed in hospitals, right?
1: No, not necessarily. I mean, traditionally crash carts are in hospitals in the acute care setting for a patient that crashes, but crashes don't only happen to patients in hospitals. They can happen anywhere at any time, in a parking lot, in a shopping mall, on an aircraft. Um, So crash carts, really the ones that most people think about, the big red rolling carts in hospitals, yes, they're a necessity there, but I would argue that they're a necessity in other places.
0: Well, in that situation, a patient is crashing, the first thing you're gonna do is call 911.
1: Yes, you absolutely need to make that first call to 911. But when a patient's crashing, you should be prepared to help that patient for up to 30 minutes before 911 or emergency services can arrive. On average, in America, in urban areas, response time is 10 minutes, but those are the precious 10 minutes that oftentimes means the difference between life and death. In fact, we've heard stories about people who have experienced chest pain, avoided calling 911, driven themselves to, say, their local urgent care clinic seeking help. Fortunately, in this case, the urgent care facility was equipped with the crash kit and was able to stabilize the patient until the EMS arrived.
0: Now, we use the word crash a lot. Primarily, most of us think when a patient is crashing, we think cardiac arrest. Well, cardiac events aren't the only types of medical emergencies, right?
1: No, uh, medical emergencies or crashing, as you say, is not just about cardiac events. Uh, Think about the opioid crisis that our country is facing today. We hear all the time about people who come across a person who has overdosed in a dental parking lot, for example. They run into the dental office seeking medical help, and fortunately, a lot of dental offices and doctor's offices have crash kits that contain naloxone. That's the reversal agent for overdosing, and it's saving lives every day. Even the police carry naloxone. It's extremely easy to administer, and it's saving lives every day. If naloxone was available to people to administer and they depended solely on 911, we'd be losing more and more people to this terrible crisis in general.
0: I want to clarify a mechanical grammatical term. I keep saying crash cart, but you have said crash kit. Are they interchangeable? Are they basically the different ways of saying the same collection of medications and medical devices?
1: Yeah, I think it depends on the level of medications and emergencies you're trying to be prepared for. There are basic emergency crash kits for basic life support or BLS. There's advanced cardiac life support kits. There's the full-blown crash cart, the what we think of as the red rolling wheel cabinet uh, that you see in hospitals. So really, crash carts or crash kits are any combination of medications based on either the responders' level of training, the types of procedures that the medical or dental professional is offering to their patients.
0: Because there are different levels of training, I guess it makes sense that there are different sets of standards for specific CARTS. There's different professional levels of CARTS, I think is the way I'm trying to put it.
1: Yes. So for example, if a facility is administering any type of sedation, right, they should have a kit that contains a reversal agent. If they're administering injectables such as a medical spa, if you're in a radiology department where they're injecting contrast medium, you should also be prepared for anaphylactic shock. If you are a school or college that your kids are participating in sports, you should have a basic kit that can treat a severe asthma attack. It's Not like they're walking around with their inhaler in their uniform on the soccer field, right? Now, in an ambulatory surgery center or outpatient surgery setting outside the hospital where you're actually already starting an IV and doing procedures already under IV situation, you'd want injectable medications in bile form so you can administer them through the IV that's already established in the patient. And that's where you'll typically see your traditional red cart on wheels with multiple drawers. And
0: a, a traditional cart, or actually any crash kit at all, probably not a build-your-own situation. You don't want to, you don't want to just make your own crash kit.
1: Well, I think you can obviously buy the medications. The problem is most people don't have access to the single unit vials. So in other words, if you're purchasing for your facility, you're gonna have to buy them in bricks from the manufacturer where you may only need a single vial of medication. Now in the hospital setting, they have pharmacists on site that help manage and purchase all the medications and restock that crash cart throughout the day because it's used often. But in the ambulatory care situation where you're not likely to have that many incidents, you may only need a single vial. So in that case, it makes it extremely cost-effective to purchase medications in the single unit. They're just not available to the standard person.
0: And all those medications are going to have different expiration dates.
1: They are all going to have different expiration dates. So um, in addition to not being able to buy single vials and wasting money and uh, wasting product, the expiration dates vary between all the medications. So you're constantly having to check your kit, open it, look for the expiration date. If there's a national recall on a medication, you're gonna have to monitor those serial numbers and lot numbers in case of recall. So it's a little difficult to manage on a non-hospital basis
0: and that is quite inefficient just from a labor standpoint. That's an awful lot of critical information. We're not just talking about, you know, is this milk still good? We're talking about critical information. Is this medication still viable? Technology, obviously, enters into the situation as a way to help monitor and manage this.
1: Well, it does help automate it, actually, so you can log on anytime time to OnTrack, for example, and see all of your expiration dates, your lot numbers, so if there's, in case of a national recall, you can see if one of the medications that you have are on national recall and Health First will notify you and send a replacement right away but it also helps with human error. So think about all those tiny little expiration dates on all the various vials of medications in your crash cart or crash kit and trying to keep track of those. Uh, In addition, OnTrack's proprietary automatic replenishment system will monitor those expiration dates and prompt the replacement shipment without the person having to actually purchase those medications. they show up. You replace them, and we even offer a disposal service free of charge. With the service that uh, you can dispose of the expired medications uh, legally and properly.
0: That's a pretty slick system.
1: It is a pretty slick system.
0: My eyes, when you started mentioning all those small printed expiration dates, my eyes went blurry. Just sitting here listening to you talk about that. Uh, this is a this is a not just an issue of efficiency. But let's get serious. This is an issue of liability. These crash carts need to be exact. Precision is as important in this situation as it is in almost any other behavior in a hospital.
1: It is. Uh, obviously, in hospital, it's extremely critical because you have acute patients. But think about, again, think about a cardiology stress testing center. They're by nature stressing your heart outside the hospital to see if they can trigger a cardiac event so it would behoove the cardiologist to have a crash kit or an acls kit or a crash cart to be able to respond in case they do trigger that event right
0: linda i'm going to compliment you on your usage of the word behoove i don't hear that often enough (laughs) thank you That's a that's a great word. So, let me let me make you boss of the industry for one day. And this is not a legally binding question. I'm just curious. What is the one thing about crash carts that if you could make a rule, Linda Goodrich, that went into effect immediately, what is the one rule that you would absolutely require for every crash cart in the United States?
1: Well, I think I'd take it in a different direction, Sean. I think I would urge people in the medical industry to come up with a standard set of medications to treat patients with the most common medical emergencies. For example, one in three people in America are walking around with cardiovascular disease. One in three people are walking around with some sort of uh, diabetes or pre-diabetic issues. You know about the opioid crisis. We can't turn on the news these days without hearing about somebody overdosing. Um, And it's not just drug addicts, it's soccer moms, it's people who were overprescribed and now are addicted. We know about kids on airplanes that had an allergic reaction because someone was eating peanuts next to them. We hear about kids collapsing on the soccer field from an asthma attack that was sports-induced and had no idea that they had asthma in the first place. So if I were boss for one day, I would say every single facility, especially physicians who we count on to save our lives, to treat us, to keep us healthy, should have at least a basic BLS crash kit.
0: It is an optimistic sign that we have reached a point as a society where we believe that it is not only possible, but it's necessary to prevent these medical crises that are actually preventable. We've talked about a really large range of important characteristics and properties of crash kits, crash carts today. You put together an ebook to help codify and organize all of this information. Can you tell me a little about that?
1: I'm glad you brought that up because the first question I'm always asked is, okay, I know I need a crash cart. I was told I needed a crash cart by my medical director. What standard crash cart do I need? Well, there's a lot of variables that go into that. The only real standards are the standards set forth by your state Department of Health regulations. I would also consult with an attorney to see if you're at risk for not having a stat kit and being able to respond in case something happens to your patient. In my ebook, Crash Course on Crash Carts, I go through the basics of a basic emergency kit to an advanced cardiac life support kit to a pediatric advanced life support kit, all the way up to, again, your full blown surgery center, hospital type crash cart. Um, we've put together some guidelines on what are typically found in these crash carts or kits as well as some information on the accrediting bodies and their recommendations for having a crash cart or crash kit. So we're going to make the link available in this, at the end of this podcast.
0: We will absolutely have included a link to that ebook in the description for this podcast. Please make sure that you go and download that. It will be a lifesaver. Tell me a little bit more about Health First's approach to this situation.
1: Yeah, since 1970, Health First has been providing basic pre-formulated crash kits all the way up to advanced cardiac life support crash kits to physicians and non-acute spaces. So what Health First has done is taken a common set of emergency devices and medications that address the most common medical emergencies that we discussed earlier. Cardiac events, anaphylaxis, asthma attacks, hypoglycemia, and to address the basic common medical emergencies, all the way up to the more advanced or acute types of emergencies. So we basically have pre-formulated basic life support kits, advanced life support kits, and pediatric life support kits in addition to selling single unit vials of medications for crash carts.
0: I have to say, Linda, you have kind of put my mind at ease a little bit. I feel a bit more relaxed now, knowing that you're on the case. Today, my guest on the podcast has been Linda Goodrich, the marketing and product manager for Health First's Medical and Commercial Markets. Linda, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really have enjoyed this. I feel smarter, which is always a win-win in my book. Thanks again, I hope you have a wonderful day.
1: Thank you.